Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, I'm Brenda. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring 20s Podcast. Today, we have on with us best-selling author, Kristen Helmsetter. Kristen has used self-talk to find the man of her dreams, travel the world, and she has written more than 10 books on self-talk. She has a popular podcast, Coffee Self-Talk, where she shares her formula for living an intentional life with a happy, magical mindset, which we will talk all about. Kristen, thank you so much for being here. We are so excited to finally connect with you. We've been trying to make this connection happen for a while. I know. I'm honored to be here. Thank you very much. It was it was meant to be eventually. Yes. And I'm I have a lot of personal questions about this subject. So I'm very excited that you're here. So Kristen, go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from. Um, and if you don't mind saying how old you are since it's roaring 20s. Very cool. Okay. Well, my name is Kristen Helmstetter. I'm married. I have a 12-year-old daughter. I am 46, I think. Pretty sure I'm 46. I was born and raised in Michigan. I lived in Arizona uh, during my 20s and um, into my 30s. And then I fell in love with the guy I'm married to now, my second husband. We moved to Italy for a little while. And now we are in Florida and we spend some of our time in Europe. But right now we're hunkered down in Florida and um, I'm an author. Um, I started out as a blogger and morphed into writing about books about wellness and food and diets and all that and got into self-talk and here I am. Amazing. This topic specifically too, though, is so powerful, but it's also one that we talk about so much, especially in our 20s, because I think we're now like in a phase where luckily this is being talked about a little bit more than it was maybe a couple of years ago. And it's something that Julie and I talk about all the time, because it's so crazy how we can just get in our own way and almost like sometimes believe we can accomplish certain things and then get in our own head and then backtrack and you know the whole cycle begins so we love this topic we talk about it with our friends we talk about it with our family and each other all the time because it has so much power and potential to change everything so that's a huge reason why we wanted you here tell us your story so what led you to kind of like learning and wanting to write about this topic specifically for those people that haven't heard your story well, I was actually in my 20s. I was divorced. Um, so I was single. I was living in Arizona. And I was into Tony Robbins at the time. And I was into kind of personal motivation and setting goals and, you know, um, attaining them and, and going after things. And I had a confidence. But as you said, Brenda, I, as, as you've experienced or you know people in their 20s who have experienced, I didn't have this foundation of self-love. But I didn't know it at the time. I was just kind of confident and kind of cocky in a way. And I realize now when I look back on that time, the lack of self-love absolutely sabotaged my success. It made it slower to attain my goals. It made it so much harder. I had mood swings. Um, I was pretty unhappy, but I had this energy, this kind of vibrancy. But it was like it was kind of like uh, driving with your foot on the gas and the brake at the same time. And I just, I didn't know it. And now that I can look back as someone in her forties, I can go like, oh, I, I wasn't loving myself. I didn't feel worthy of the goals I was going after. So it was a very weird 
combination, but that's where it all started. So I had a little bit of a foundation in self-help stuff. I loved reading those books. I loved trying new things. And um, I was in my, I guess, early forties. Yeah. We were living in Arizona. I had my daughter and I was just starting to wake up every day, not feeling like I had any real purpose or direction. I mean, I was blogging. I had this great marriage and I had this family. We had struggled with fertility, but I ended up being able to have a baby. So like I had this really great life on paper, but I didn't feel great inside my head. And so, well, what do you do when that happens? You say to your husband, let's sell it all and travel the world. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, yeah. That's what I you think do, we right? all feel that internal call when things are not going exactly as we're like, let's just give it all up and go to Europe. <laughs> let's run away. Yeah, I don't fix it. <laughs> yeah. Cause the grass is always greener, right? Like let right. me go somewhere else. And let me tell you, it's a lot easier to be sad in Italy than it is here <laughs> at times. Cause right. Like, you know, it's so beautiful and amazing, but so that's what we did. We literally, we took a year to um, sell everything and we picked up and we started traveling around Europe. And then we ended up in Italy because my family was able to get dual citizenship. So we landed there and there I am. It's like a year later and I'm in this cafe and it's just, it's quintessential Italy. It's cobblestone streets, it's pizza, it's espresso. It's just amazing. And I had this moment where I thought, I'm still me. Like, I still feel the same kind of simmering anxiety under my skin. All I had really done was distracted myself for a year. And it had its own stresses, you know, traveling around the world with a kid and all that. She was like seven or eight at the time. So um, it had its own stresses. But I realized that I hadn't, I hadn't done anything. I hadn't changed anything about myself. I had just changed my location. So um, I had continued to read self-help and trying to, you know, make changes and stuff. And I'm sitting in my tiny Italian kitchen one day and I've got a cup of coffee and I'm like, I've got to make a change. And I knew that I had to change my behaviors in order to change things. I had to change my mindset, but I didn't really, I didn't have a strategy for it. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a habit. I didn't have a habit for it, but I had a coffee habit. And I'm like, I want to start my day because I'm a morning person. I'm like, I want to start my day really great. And what do I do? So I normally have my phone and I'm in, you know, social media and I'm checking email and all these things that are kind of defensive, right? Like they're not, they're not, I'm not putting myself on offense. I'm kind of like setting up my day for defense. I'm not setting it up in a positive way. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to close. I'm going to turn off my phone, put it in airplane mode. And I grabbed, I, I opened up the notes application and I started typing lines of self-talk, positive self-talk. I was just typing things like, I am worthy, I am beautiful, uh, I love my life, um, I am a happy, sexy millionaire. Okay, and I wasn't, I wasn't a lot of these things, but I was saying them in a first person present tense because it felt kind of sparkly. It kind of was like, huh, this is interesting. I typed a bunch of affirmations and I took a sip of my coffee and I read an affirmation, I took a sip of my coffee and then by the time my cup of coffee was done, I felt... I just felt some magic. I felt like a sparkle. I felt, I felt uplifted mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? This is really neat. So, um, I'll wrap this up. Um, I do it for a couple of weeks. Now my husband's a night owl, my daughter's homeschooled. So she tends to be kind of a night owl too. And, um, I do it for a few weeks and like every day is getting better and I'm doing it every day. I'm like showing up. I'm like, cause I'm gonna drink my coffee every day. So I show up just like Might five minutes. Of coffee. Yeah. I just, I read my affirmations 
And then like, it was a couple of weeks later, I said to my husband, I was kind of embarrassed and I was like blushing and I'm like, I do this thing. I call it coffee, <laughs> yeah. call it coffee self-talk. You know, I felt like kind of silly, like yeah. affirmations. And he was like, oh my God, that's awesome. You got to write a book. So that's how Whoa. I, that's how I came to writing about self-talk. Wow. Oh, I love it. There's so much in there that I want to talk about. Um, because it's such a great journey and there's there's so much of that that Brenda and I have been talking about and I want to take it back to like kind of the beginning of the of your journey because I feel like personally I, I've been doing coffee self-talk since reading the book um so I've been doing it for a while now and but I I'm still having the issue that my conscious self-talk is positive but my subconscious self-talk I think is still pretty negative often and so you kind of talked about, you know, like you were confident on the outside, but you didn't really love yourself. How, how would you inform someone on how to take like an accurate stock of what their self-talk really is, like mm-hmm. both consciously and subconsciously? Because I feel like sometimes we think we're doing one thing and we're really not, uh, or we're unaware of something else that we might be doing. Like with me, I think yeah. it took me a little while to realize that like my subconscious talk was still not great yeah do you know what I mean yeah well I I was really critical of myself I mean I used to criticize myself from the moment I saw myself in the mirror in the morning to how my pants fit on me to you know my energy levels and when stresses would happen I would I would clench up I would I would grasp onto things like you know figuratively um and so I was always highly stressed and highly anxious and I was highly self-critical um, I was a perfectionist as well. And I was a, like a spreadsheet person. I was, I was always in a beta mindset of just analyzing everything and trying to figure out the best way to do things. So one day when I started to learn more about positive self-talk, um, you just, I mean, like, you know, once you know what positive self-talk is, you know what crappy self-talk is. Yeah. I mean, it's any criticism, it's any judgment you make, it's judgments you make about other people. It's mm. because it's a reflection on you. When you criticize yeah. someone else, it still is something about you. And I just, one day I I was like, I'm going to kind of count them up. And I just started noticing, I, I told myself to become aware of all the negative self-talk. And I was shocked at how much negativity that I was spewing about myself. Yeah. So when I realized how much it was, and the funny thing is, I still had a lot of positive. And it was like, to me, the positivity was higher than the negativity. It could have been like, I think like even in my book, I throw out a number. It's like the number of positive was higher than the negative, but the negative, it's like, it's like death by a thousand cuts. It might be the smallest little criticism or, you know, you drop your, you drop the jar of pickles and they break and you're like, oh, that was so dumb. No, I mean, like that has an impact on your subconscious. So you have to get good which it's pretty easy because like, you know, when you're talking poorly about yourself and you start to notice it and you start to pay attention. Meanwhile, you're still showing up. I always tell people, you got to keep showing up every day, even if it's just a few minutes and you will train your brain. It's like when you go to the gym and you work out, if you work out once a week, are you really going to get strong muscles very fast? I mean, eventually you might get something, but it's not going to happen very fast. If you want, if you're, if you're trying to boost your immune system, do you think you're going to take vitamin C once a week? No, you're going to do something on a daily basis. And when you start doing it daily, it lay, it's like, it lays new traps. The old stuff goes away. It becomes your new default. So it takes time. 
And it happens kind of like peeling an onion. Mm. Certain things are really obvious at first. And you just notice things like you notice whether you're criticizing yourself when you look at yourself in the mirror, when you're, you know, putting your makeup on or doing your hair, or as you get older and you're like, oh, there's gray hair and oh, there's more gray hair, you know? And so um, you start to notice that and it becomes less because you notice it, you call yourself out on it. It almost, you almost gamify it. Yeah. You know, it's like, let me right. see if I can catch myself right. yeah. being, yeah. being snarky to myself. No, no, no. Subconscious does not have a sense of humor. It just takes direction. It's like, it listens to what you say and think and it acts on it. So if you find it slow going, you just got to keep showing up and you got to find the words that kind of spark happiness in you that get you excited. And then the other thing you have to do is you, you go another step. You don't just think the words, but you think about, you picture in your mind what that picture of yourself is, whatever it is. If you're wanting to lose weight, if you're wanting to make a lot of money, if you're just wanting to find self-love, like what is that person that you look like in the future? And you close your eyes and you just, you see it. And it's like a kid in a candy store. You get excited. Mm-hmm. And then those feelings, do. those elevated feelings connect with those words. And it takes, it takes it deeper into your, into your subconscious. So, but you just got to keep showing up every day. Yeah. Yeah. Those are such good tips. And oh, there's so many like directions I want to go in this, but I'll try and keep it in one direction. So I feel like a really big piece of what keeps a lot of us stuck is also the inability to let go. Like I know for myself, there's been a lot of things that have kept me from the positive because I've been more so harping or focusing on like, oh, well, you know, you haven't done that yet. Or maybe feeling guilty about not being at a certain point yet or something like that. Um, And I think that that's what makes it hard because I was actually talking to a friend earlier today that was kind of having like some mental blocks and some frustration and something that she kept coming back to was this idea that she had failed at something and it's funny because it's so much easier to give advice to someone else but I was just saying like okay you might not be there yet but who says you can't start now you know like whether it is with your self-talk or whether it is with whatever goal that you have I feel like once we feel like we failed at something we kind of let that be the underlying like I guess how Julia is saying the subconscious part, like the underlying tone to what we believe about ourselves or about what we're capable of. And it really informs everything else. So it almost feels like, oh, no matter how many times I say I am ambitious or talented or all this stuff, it almost like is this, like you're working against yourself um, because this underlying belief of that negative is so much stronger or louder, even in times where you're not like aware of it. So I think that that's, really tricky but I love your advice on just continuing to show up because I think it's it is easy to get into the mindset that like once you failed you failed and like that's kind of that and that's who you are so I think that it does give people a lot of hope to know like just because you aren't there yet doesn't mean you won't be um whatever that version of there is and I think that another thing is like that'll continue to evolve what you mentioned before about your life being great on paper but not inside your head I think is so powerful because One, I think a lot of us do try to look good on paper or to the world or on social media or anything like that. But no matter what that next achievement, which has been hard for me personally to like believe fully, but no matter what that next achievement or goal or anything that we set, if we aren't okay with ourselves, then none of that's going to feel like worthwhile. Yeah, there's, you said so many great things and um, I love this opportunity to address younger people, because let me tell you, when I was in my twenties, 
I mean, I, first of all, we have to love failure. So first of all, you need to tell your friend you failed, Woo-hoo! you know, like, <laughs> heck yeah, I don't know if I can cuss, but just heck yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, embrace head, it, love it. Let okay. it break. <laughs> I'm, I'm a cusser and I was, I was, Coffee Self Talk was originally self-published and I had a lot of cussing in it. And then when it went to Penguin Random House and Rodale, they were like, but failure is really it doesn't feel like it in the moment but I promise you your future self will embrace the failure because you will have learned if if I was stuck on my failures I would have never married again and found this amazing man of my dreams I wouldn't have gone for it I wouldn't have done so much stuff so first of all We all have to get over failure being a problem. The second thing is you guys got to really use your imagination. So when I talk about like visualizing yourself, I'm talking about, I mean, like go all out. I was saying I'm a happy, sexy millionaire. Like how weird is that? No, it's awesome. I I was not, I was not close to a millionaire. I didn't feel sexy, but I was like, that is what I'm going to be because it sounded so awesome. So I just kept repeating it. And when you keep repeating stuff, your brain does eventually listen. So I promise you, if you keep repeating it, it will slowly shift. Sometimes it's more like a Titanic, but it does eventually happen. Because what happens is one of these days, something, a mistake happens, or, you know, you drop that jar of pickles. And instead of, you know, cussing yourself out, you're like, oh, I needed to clean the floor anyway. Like there's these little things that happen and you notice yourself being kinder to yourself. And like, that's where the self-love really starts to come in. You notice yourself being more gentle, less critical. And it's not even like, it's just, it's not black and white. It's just, it goes through like shades of gray, but it eventually happens if you keep showing up because you train your brain. And when you repeat, then eventually you start to believe it. And when you start to believe it is when the real magic happens. So I think right now, when you're in the beginning phases, you don't really believe it. And to your point about um, having a lot of negativity and how do you get away from like, like you're, you're becoming a new person. It's like, you got a new lease on life. You got a pen and a paper, you got a magic wand, you know, magic pen. Okay. And you've got your notebook out and you write down everything you want to do and be, and there's like no limits. You just put down everything and you start, cause you're going to become a new person and you're going to transform and it will happen. So you have to have a really good imagination and you have to know that. The person you've been until now, like I, it was hard for me because I counted on her. Like the past me was a bit of a badass. She was, a, you know, she was, she was kind of mean, <laughs> right? Cause she was kind of, I was kind of mean to me and I knew it wasn't right, but like I counted on her. And when I had to let her go, I had like a breakdown. I mean, I had like a dark night of my soul. So it was hard to do it, but I knew that I didn't want to be that way the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I just, I knew that there was this better way to live. I Mm -hmm. felt like, I felt like life wasn't supposed to be so hard Mm -hmm. and life wasn't supposed to be so mean and hard. And it's not, it's not, but it was a transition. And I had to let that person, that old self go in order to transform. Yeah. I think that that's such a great piece of it to bring up because something Brenda and I've been talking about a lot lately too, is like that we kind of can get like so easily complacent in our lives and like just kind of let, you know, let the things happen that we do every day. Oh, we do the same thing every day or like, you know, get too complacent with our routines or the way that we treat our time and especially the way that we treat ourselves. 
And I think it's a really important factor to bring up of like, it, it might not be an easy process and like, but putting in that work is really worth it because otherwise what, we're just going to like live this complacent life and this complacent version of ourselves. And I think like the, the, like that, that part of me, that self of me is like, okay, well then when is it going to work? Like, give me a timeline. Um, and I think that that like is kind of a lot of people's first reaction of like, because we're also in such a like um, reward-based society, I think we often feel like, okay, I'll do that if you can like tell me like, this is when it's going to work and then you're right. going to feel like this. And like, it's so black and white the way we want it to be, but the, but life is not black and white. And I think just yeah. accepting that like it's going to be a process it might not be an easy one and it's going to take time but you do start to notice those little things like you said about like the pickle jar like I feel like that's what I'm that's where I'm in my process is I'm starting to notice like those little things mm -hmm. and I don't think until you said it I was like giving myself enough credit for that but yeah. that is a really important part of the process. So what would you yeah. say to someone who is kind of like feeling like who's maybe has just kind of started this journey and is feeling like, well, I don't know when this is going to work or like wanting to like give it up because it's not a quick fix. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. It's not always easy, but it is simple. So is that's simple. one thing I like people to know. This is a yeah. simple process and it actually can be fun. I mean, I have fun when I do my self-talk because I'm daydreaming. I mean, like I'm visualizing yeah. all this cool stuff I want to have. And like right now I want to get a second home in Kentucky. I want horses. So I'm like thinking about the Ford truck I'm going to have and like all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Right. Love so it. it's fun. It's simple. Um, it's, it's not easy for the people who are just beginning and they are really tough on themselves. Those are the people who they can barely say, I love me. Right. And that's just hard. And it's extra hard if you do it in the mirror, um, which is like the next, that's like extra credit. If you do that, this stuff, yeah. Um, the mirror you get extra credit Ooh. but you yeah you you picture it you you keep you know what to answer your question when does it happen the more often you show up the faster it's going to happen mm -hmm. so I do my self-talk all day I start out with my coffee self-talk and that's how it started it was just morning and then I would go off to the gym and I would do these other things but I started doing it when I'm walking to the bathroom I started doing it while I'm peeing I started doing it while I'm doing my toothbrush you know brushing my teeth um, I do it at night as I'm falling asleep. So I'm doing it like almost in a lot of spare moments. Yeah. I'm just running a mantra through my head, just a, a line of affirmation that feels good for the moment. It depends on maybe if I'm working on a particular project and I want to succeed at it, or maybe I want some, I'm, personally, I'm going to be starting a new novel soon and I want to boost my confidence for it. So I'm walking around the house saying, I'm a creative genius. I'm a creative genius. I'm a creative genius. You know, and I'm like, I sing it. I, you know, I get my power pose and I play with it and it becomes kind of silly, which is good. It's fun. Yeah. And when you're kind of silly and you're playing with it, it just, it takes out some of the seriousness. But like yeah. I said, your subconscious is still listening all the time. So if you, if you want to speed it up, show up more because mm -hmm. you just train your brain faster. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell you a quick story. Um, um, I never thought of myself as creative. I was always the person who wrote 
you know, nonfiction type books. And I, I was going to set my way on this happy, sexy millionaire um, path. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Like, maybe I'll write some books or something, but I'm like, I'm not creative. Like that's my husband. When it comes time to play dolls with my daughter, when she was young, I would like push him into the room. I'm like, please play. Cause like, I do not have the stories to like the Barbies and stuff. I'm like, Oh, let's go on a date. No. But when he does it, they're like forming corporations and they're hiring and firing people and there's ninjas and there's like mergers and acquisitions. Oh and my God, like I want to play with his bar. I know, I know. He's, like, he's like, he's sneaking business lessons into it. Like a mom sneaks like spinach into a smoothie, right? Like, so he's like really good at it because he's so creative. And so by then I had already been doing coffee self-talk and I knew how important and powerful it was for building my foundation of happiness and um, just changing my life and making me feel better. So I started sneaking into my, my daily script, things like I'm a prolific writer, I'm a creative genius, and I have tons of stories to tell. I I'm, I'm telling you, I was never, ever, ever a creative person. So um, I just started doing that. And we were, I'm trying to think, we were in Italy. It was like in the fall. Um, and it was like, it was before COVID. And then we came back to America and COVID hit. And it was like that February and March. So maybe it'd been like four months. Okay. And I'm sneaking these lines of affirmations about being a creative genius and writing books and stuff like that. And I'm sitting in my mom's backyard and I had a story idea. And I was so shocked that I, no lie, I turn around in the wrought iron chair I'm in and I'm like, where the F did that come from? Because I'm not a, and then I was like, but wait a minute. I am because I've been telling my subconscious, I've been planting seeds and that's what you do. You plant seeds and then you water them every day and you nourish them and they grow. And then one day, boom, something happens. It's a major synchronicity or something lines up perfectly or something is on the horizon that you may have never seen if you had never planted that seed. Yes. So, you know, I wrote like 10 books in a year and we published eight of them and the romance novels. And it was just, it's crazy. It's the coolest thing though, because I didn't think I could do it. And I just started telling myself I could. And then yeah. I did. Oh, yeah. I love that analogy of like the planting the seeds, because I think that that is really powerful because like, we're not, when you get into that space of like, well, I just want it to happen already. I just want it to change overnight. Like, yeah. no, if we nourish it, if you plant these seeds, like they will grow. And I just think it's such a great way to look at it. Yeah. It is. And I think also when it comes to just goals in general, like it is so easy to think that you do want it to happen so quickly, but it's just like, it's not as fulfilling. Like there are so many things, like even when it comes to like Julia and your career goals, like I don't know why I was thinking about this last night, but I was like, shoot, like with all of like how much like love and care and attention and time you've put into this, like when you get to this moment where you're like, shit, like I did that you and everyone around you are going to feel so joyful and proud because of all the work that you put into that moment. And I think that when it comes to visualization, I think sometimes maybe it's just me, I don't know, but we feel like, like we don't need to earn being able to daydream about something. Like you can daydream about whatever you want, mm, but I think yeah. sometimes we're also scared to like even put ourselves in that place on the off chance of like being really excited about it and it never happening. But it's, it's so true. Like when we do Put ourselves in that mentality we're so much more likely to make choices that align with getting us closer to that but I think we could be so hesitant for all those reasons probably of like protection um but I also love that you mentioned about like un not undermining the small wins because like Julia said 
it's really easy to think about things. I don't know why this this pickle jar analogy was just like so eye-opening to both of us, but there are little things that I know for a fact. Like two years ago, three years ago, I would have been so down on myself for or would have such a hard time letting go of because I can even think of episodes we've done you when we first started the show three years ago where I was like, I just, I can't let go of this. And there was so much emotional charge. Whereas now it's just it just is like we just observe it like we just move on um so that's uh, I don't know I I've, I feel like my mind is blown in a lot of ways even though we're just having a conversation <laughs> um yeah, I, you, start, you start to become really self-aware I'll just yes. say and that's another yeah. of the small wins you start to notice when your yeah. energy dips because you pay attention to it and those are that's a that's self-awareness that's yes. so powerful yeah. so yeah those small wins are amazing yeah, I need you to talk to my critic one more time, Kristen, because so so there's this other thing that I do that is like <laughs> I'll do my self-talk, my positive self-talk, and I'll be feeling great. Like the when Kristen is talking about like this buzz that you feel, like she's she's not lying. Like you feel amazing when you're doing it and after you're doing it, like you literally feel energized and magical and buzzy. Like it really is true. But so I feel like amazing and I do all that. And then like later on in the day, which I think I can use your advice about, I don't, I don't have to just do it with my coffee. I can do it throughout the day, um, which I should start doing. But like, so later on the day, then like some of the negative self-talk will come creeping back in. And then I get like critical of myself that I like allowed that negative talk back into my brain space. Have you ever had that experience? And what do you do? Do you just flip? Oh yeah. Well, I, you, you do become a professional, right? You do get really good at it where you can like kind of snap your fingers, you train your brain, but I I get it. Like there's this moment where you, you think negatively and then you're like, fuck, am I going to start attracting negative things now? And then like stress, (laughs) stress about that. And then your whole vibe is like in the toilet. I get it. I totally get it. So I have like a toolkit, right? Like, uh, um, not a literal, like a figurative toolkit. And so there's like little things. So one of the things is like, and these, these sound so simple and they are. So it's like my, my gratitude hammer. So like, if I'm feeling, if I'm starting to freak out about something, I immediately grab my gratitude hammer. And I just start to think about things I'm thankful for, mm-hmm. like that my daughter's healthy or that I have a laptop or that I have a cool desk or that I have food or whatever. Like I, the, I got shoes. Right. So like we, we sometimes forget how powerful gratitude is. But even then, sometimes gratitude doesn't work because maybe I've been doing gratitude a lot and it's, you know, lost some of its sparkle. So I need to put that one away. So then I like I grab like my my love screwdriver and my love screwdrivers. I just start thinking about things that I love. Doesn't matter what it is. I make a list. I I like to make a list of 25 to 30 things right there in the moment. But even if I'm just um, if I'm in the car and I obviously can't write or something, I start thinking about things that I love, whether it's bacon or coffee or puppies or whatever. In fact, my daughter is really good about this. She knows like when I if I start to get a little antsy and I start to get a little freaky from the back seat of the car, she's all tell me something you love, mom. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm like, you're awesome. Thank you. So I do that. Or sometimes I grab like my mantra drill, I call it like, you know, drill it in, drill it, baby. And I just grab a mantra and sometimes it's, I am happy and I don't feel it in the moment, but I'll say it like 25 times and it actually starts to shift it. It's crazy, but it works. And even if it doesn't take you from a zero to 10, if it takes you from a zero to a three, it's starting to get you on that right way. And so 
you just, you know, and bottom line, Julia, you just, you got to be gentle with yourself and just love yourself through it. And there's no guilt. We make mistakes. We have bad thoughts, but the, the most, the coolest thing is that you recognized it like, woo, high five. Like that's, that's a win. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, those are such great tools. And like, like you said, it's simple. It really is simple. Like it might not always feel easy, but it is so simple. And just to have like those tools in your back pocket, like when you, once you're able to recognize it, to just be like, I'm going to grab this tool. I'm going to grab this tool. And I just thank you for sharing those because I love that. And I think it's going to be super, super helpful to people who kind of get that way that I get sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we're talking about all this self-talk and I want to just like break it down really really clearly and specifically about what it is exactly that you do um, so that everybody can start doing it right away. So where do you start? I know you have like, you know, you write down your list. How do you find what the right affirmations are for you? Well, I start to think about in the very beginning, and I talk about, I I really walk you through step-by-step by the hand in the book. And it's basically like in the very beginning, take that magic pen, imagine it's magic, and just write down things that you love, things that you aspire to be or do, um, things that make you feel good. You're just kind of writing a lot of positive things. And then from there, you can start to fine tune and think about, well, where do I want the direction of my life to go? What do I want to change? Um, a lot of us have a lot of things we want to change in the beginning. And a lot of people will write to me and say, well, how do I, do I focus on just one thing or do I change it up or what do I do? And the bottom line is positive self-talk, whether it's about making money or your worthiness or loving something or having gratitude for something, it all has a positive impact. So you can't, if you want to improve your relationships, and you want to make money, and you want to change your job or whatever, it doesn't matter which of those you work on, they're going to spill over into the other parts of your life. So rest, you know, rest easy that if you just pick something to work on, it's going to start to improve your life, and it's going to catch fire, and then things are going to get easier to get better and better. So for the new, new newbies, yes, you just kind of start making a list of things that you love and things you want to do and all that stuff. Um, But then you start to write affirmations. Now, I prefer to write them in first person and present tense because I find them to be much more powerful. I feel like if I use the word you, like let's say I say you're a badass, right? I'm kind of one person removed in a way. It's like I'm speaking to someone instead of to myself. So I I say I'm a badass, you know, and that just feels stronger to me. And I'm all about choosing the words and the thoughts that really kind of spark the most delight in me that get me the most excited, that kind of stuff. So, um, and then I also do present tense because I feel like if I say I will be a happy, sexy millionaire, like that feels cool, but I feel like it's three steps ahead of me and I'm always chasing it, right? And I want it to be like, no, I am a happy, sexy millionaire. And what does a happy, sexy millionaire do? It's like when when I make it present tense, my focus changes to do the things that that kind of person would do. And it starts to change your focus, which changes your steps and what you do. And it's like I say, change your focus, change your feet. You start to move in a certain direction once you have that focus. So you can start very basic in general. I am kind, right? Like that's a, that's a pretty, it's a pretty good gateway affirmations. I am kind because a, a lot of people probably think of themselves as pretty kind, right? 
And then you just build from there and you get into, I love me and I'm living this great life and I'm, I am doing this and I am that. And you just start building on it. And my affirmations, which I give lots of examples in the book, yeah. I get kind of sparkly. I like glitter really and <laughs> I like unicorns and uh, rockets and all that kind of stuff, because I like to put a picture in my mind and the stronger the picture is, um, the more powerful the impact it can have. You can be very general with your affirmations and very basic, and you can be very specific and detailed. And I think they're both really good. And I think sometimes the day calls for a basic affirmation and sometimes it calls for a really specific, you know, flowery, um, you know, intergalactic, whatever kind of um, affirmation. So I find that the ones that are really descriptive they just create a bigger picture in our my head and our brains love pictures. And so that's one of the things that helps to change the subconscious is to really have this kind of, I like to think of it as sticky, right? It makes it kind of tacky and sticky and it sticks inside you. So um, like, for example, when I was, um, when I was in the fertility clinic and this was before I actually knew about, I mean, like I, at that time I knew about self-talk, but I didn't really have a strategy for it. Yeah. And I was sitting there and I had had the IVF and all that. And I'm sitting there and I got my legs up. I'm in a recliner. And I started imagining that my uterus was like cotton candy and it was like sticky. And I imagined that I had this little wizard in there and he had a purple hat and I called him Merlin. And I'm like, he's in there making the, you know, the embryo safe and all that. And like, it was so powerful for me. And I oh, even, yeah. I get choked up thinking about it, but yeah. I remember that all these years later because I created that picture in my head. So I, to, to, to answer your question of what do I do now that, you know, a little bit about how to create the affirmations and you have, you have flexibility and you just got to do what just kind of gets you, um, most lit. Right. And, um, and are the, do you suggest like, is it more powerful if you use the same ones day after day, or is it okay that like you go with like your feeling of the day? I would totally go with your feeling, um, but I still do use, like I've been using I'm a Creative Genius for years now. Um, yeah. I've been using I'm a Happy Sexy Millionaire for years. Mm -hmm. So I like to, you'll find some that you gravitate that's toward stiff. and yeah. you'll keep repeating them and they become your fallback. You know, they're, that's what you grab in the moment when you need it. Um, and then I, I'm a Gemini, so I like change. <laughs> so I also like to change it up depending yeah. on my mood. Um, but I do it every morning. Like I do it from the moment I'm waking up. I've got sticky notes. I'm a sticky note queen. They are all over my house. Um, I love it because my family sees it and then they read it, even though they're reading my words, it just, Still, it's very subtle. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. It has an impact. Um, and I'm doing it in the morning and I definitely do it with my coffee and you get really good at it over time. And yeah, you might skip a day here and there, but it's rare. I'm still always showing up in the morning and doing it. And then I go to work and I start doing stuff. And then like I go for a second cup of coffee and or I'm unloading the dishwasher, or I'm doing the dishes and I just start saying some positive, positive self-talk. I start visualizing my dreams again because we get busy and we get yeah. distracted. And so we have to remind ourselves to stay focused sometimes. And it's great to totally bliss out sometimes, but oftentimes our minds go places we don't want to, and yeah. you can control your mind. Yeah. And one of the ways to do it is with self-talk. And when you control your mind, you get closer to your dreams and goals. So I do it throughout the day here and there. I've got post-its everywhere. So I'm always seeing it. And then at night I do what I call pillow self-talk. And it's really the main thing about pillow self-talk is I take a short punchy mantra and I say it over and over at first softly and out loud, 
and I do it like 10 times. And then I, I just mouth it like, like lip, like well, not lip sync, I guess mouth it without saying it. And then I think it. And so as I'm falling asleep, I've just got the same mantra, whether it's I'm a creative genius, I'm an amazing mom. Um, I am calm. Like, that's like a big one. Like when you're stressed out going to bed, it's just yeah. I am calm. And you just, you say it over and over as you fall asleep. And it's really powerful because you're going into a time where your subconscious is really listening. Yeah. And I really love doing it at night. So that's yeah. my day. Ooh, those are so helpful for so many different reasons. I think that also something that we believe sometimes, which is where the guilt comes in, is that like we shouldn't be having these thoughts, right? Even if we haven't worked on it, we're like, oh, we shouldn't be this way. We shouldn't think these things. And that that's a really big underlying thing. So I think normalizing that like obviously people have negative self-talk that they deal with or else people like you wouldn't talk about this um and to not undermine the power of repetition because I think we also believe like oh well if this is happening all the time that you can't change it but there are so many different examples that it can just naturally become the way that you are it doesn't mean it'll you know be all the time but even things that now like it seems like you so much more naturally make this part of your life and like are so much more inclined to because you've seen the effects of it but I think mm -hmm. we all need to be patient and persistent enough to feel those natural effects versus being like oh it's not working and throwing in the towel and giving up um so I think, that I think that's it's also important. such like an important reminder that like we have the power to do that like and we have the yeah. power to do it when you're unloading the dishwasher or going to bed or walking from room to room like I think sometimes like again we get complacent and I think just the reminder of like that you have the power to change your mind and you can do that and it's simple and you can do it whenever wherever and yeah. especially if you make routines out of it it's gonna be even better but like yeah. just that simple reminder of like we can do that because I, I I forget like I do it in the yeah. morning and then I forget it throughout the day and like just to have that reminder from you Kristen of 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 that like I know when I get off this call for the rest of the day and hopefully every day to come, like I'm going to be more aware yeah. of doing that. Totally. And I think it's a good point too. Like, obviously it's called coffee self-talk for a reason. And you mentioned that association that you have because you do it every day, but also knowing that like, I think now, or depending on where you are in your journey, like you feel like, oh, it's so hard. And like, how am I going to find the time? And I think it's so smart of you to have kind of asked yourself, like, how can I make this easier for myself? And how can I incorporate this into my day? What am I doing every day anyways? And I think most people start their day with a cup of coffee. And if they don't, there's something we do every day <laughs> to some capacity um, that we can pair it with that is doable or feels doable. So I just love that little, I guess, hack to an extent of sometimes putting so much pressure on, it feels hard, I'm not doing it right now, but even something like if you wash dishes every single day, whether it's then and making it a less tedious task <laughs> um, yeah. or whatever it needs to be, um, like I guess starting there too of like, what's something I do now or what's something I can do that feels doable because that feels like a big part of the hesitation is when it feels like it's not doable. We don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brushing your teeth, brushing your teeth is, I, that was not a sexy brushing your teeth self-talk. That is not a sexy. <laughs> so I didn't write that book, but that is twice a day, I yeah. hope. And um, you can totally think or talk over a foamy mouth, some affirmations, but I got to tell you, sticky notes are your best friend because they mind you because like I have one on the cupboard where I put dishes away I have one on my mirror I have one on the window I'm like I have because I remind myself I put notes yeah. in my phone to remind myself just a, a quick mantra or affirmation and it it snaps me out of um 
you know, just letting my mind go down some kind of rabbit hole that it shouldn't be going down. Right. Yep. A hundred percent. This is all so incredible, Kristen. We have a few more questions for you yes. before we let you go. I think a lot of people might be thinking, okay, so well, well, why should I do this? Mm. And you do talk about in your book that when we, and we started the conversation here, when we love ourselves, we ultimately make better choices for ourselves. Mm. Can you explain to us like what that means and what really is like the power behind this to help us create this magical life that you talk about throughout your books? Well, I think we are all primally goal-driven. I mean, we get rewarded in our brains with dopamine when we set goals. So it's just natural for us to want things, to aspire, to have things or do things, whether it's security or to survive or to eat or to get a beautiful new house, whatever it is. We're always thinking about things that we want. And so using your self-talk to get your mind in the right place is going to help you do all those things faster, better. Um, be more calm, have more peace of mind. I don't know anybody that um, I, I just, it's just, there's so many people that could use some help with stress or help with anxiety. And I used to be, you know, um, I used to get yanked around by my ponytail with stress and anxiety. And it doesn't mean that with, with self-talk, you suddenly don't have those things. You know, it's, you're the master of it now. Like if anxiety comes, I'm prepared and I know how to handle it and deal with it. And so my life is so much easier so when you love yourself, you start to treat yourself better and you start to do things that are healthy in all ways, whether it's um, healthy eating or you want to exercise more because you love yourself, you love your body, you want to um, read the book or put in the extra time to do something because you love yourself and you want to attain these goals. So it makes it easier. I liken it like this. You know how when you're at the airport and you can be walking along and then you can come to the one of those people movers that goes real fast, right? Yes. Well, when you have this foundation of self-love and you're using self-talk, it's like you get on the people mover and life just glides easier, right? It's just, wow. it just makes things easier and makes things faster. So I like, everybody should be doing it because everybody's got negative self-talk in them and it usually controls them. And here's a way to you know, flip it and control your mind. And yeah. I want to say that when you're thinking something negatively, our minds really only focus on one thing at a time. It's we got one track mind. And that's kind of where that comes from, right? Like you can be thinking something positive, or you can be thinking something negative, you can't actually really be thinking both at the same time. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking something negative, you've got to change your mind and think about something positive, even when it's kind of hard. And so sometimes like, I used to have a list of things that I could rely on to be like, oh yeah, remind myself, let me think about this. Let me, you know, shift my focus because if I can get out of thinking something negative to thinking something positive, I know I won't be thinking the negative. That's like a mouthful, but no, yeah. your, your mind's only going to one track mind. So just know that. So you have a choice to think something negative or think something positive. And when you think something positive, it just, everything starts to shift. And it gets easier over time when it becomes your routine and your it becomes your habit. I mean, your positive self-talk becomes your habit. And then you, we're not even having this conversation anymore because you're like, oh yeah, it's just my habit. It's who I, it's who I am. Who I am. Yeah. No, that's so powerful. It is. And it's, it's crazy because ugh, I just think about like all these different instances that we've had over the past couple of years. And I'm like, damn, we really did shift that. But even when it comes to something that's really tangible for me is when it comes to exercise and all of that, there were so many times where I would do all of the things out of hate. I couldn't 
couldn't think of it any differently. And it's so crazy what a much more, granted years of time, but what a much more positive just feeling I have when it's it's not because you feel like you should or have to because you should change to fit a certain mold or to fit a certain vision of what it is, even if you have certain goals, but being like, I deserve to feel this way. And coming from that place is it just like, I don't know, it's such a different energy that's created and one that when evidently motivation is lacking or something like that is so much better to propel me personally forward versus feeling so stuck on, oh, you should and any of that stuff. Absolutely. You're right. Yeah. So this has been so incredible. Um, And thank you for all of the tools and the reminders. And like you said, it really is simple. And Kristen has all of these incredible scripts in her books, which I think are so inspiring. And it was my favorite part about the books, because sometimes you just need like a jumping off point. And, you know, we talked about uh, some of the tools to get you started, but I really do suggest everyone pick up Coffee Self Talk or one of her other books, because just having, I mean, she guides you through everything, which is amazing. And then having those scripts was the thing that was one of the most powerful things for me. Um, So thank you for sharing those with your audience because they're amazing. We have two little last questions before we let you go. Um, If you could tell 20-year-old Kristen one thing, what would you tell her? Oh my God, I would say you are worthy. (laughs) Mm. That is it. When you realize and you feel that worthiness, everything changes. It's that simple. It is that simple. I would have told myself you are worthy. Yeah, no, I love it. We all need to hear that. (laughs) Um, And our last question for you is where can people find you? Please pimp out yourself and all your books, everything. Thank you. Uh, Books can be found at any bookstore, um, any online retailer, pretty much. And I have my podcast, as you mentioned, Coffee Self-Talk with Kristen Helmstetter. I just drop once a week, little five to nine minute, sometimes 10 minute episodes, just little, you know, things I'm thinking about, things that help me, you know, get through life and and thrive and sparkle and all that. And I am on Instagram, Coffee Self-Talk, but I am not here a lot. So if somebody has a question or wants to get a hold of me, they can email me and it's Kristen at KristenHelmstetter.com. Excellent. Everyone pick up those books, get on your positive self-talk. Kristen, thank you so, so much for your time and your wisdom. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. I'm honored. Thank you very much. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.